For whenever you're listening to the Joshi Pod, your weekly podcast about the world of Japanese women's wrestling. Joshi Wrestling, I'm your host, Eric Howard, coming to you from beautiful San Diego, California. And I was watching my Twitter to see what would happen with Jungle and Mayu. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. As a lifelong San Diego sports fan, I can totally relate. Jungle Kiona did not win the title. Mayu retained in Nagoya. So I was waiting to record this until the miracle happened that Jungle would actually win the title, but it in fact did not happen. So I could have recorded hours ago and had this out hours ago. But no, it's almost 11 o'clock in California on Thursday night. So boo, the fans wanted uh, Jungle to win with my little in uh, non-scientific Twitter poll. I wanted her to win too, but uh, Mayu is the face of the franchise. She is the one and the only top dog in stardom right now. So Mayu wins. This is your opening. Uh, I also watched Choco Pro tonight where Mitsuru Kono defeated uh, Yuna Mizumori in their grudge match. Not grudge match, but just uh, the uh, king of the hill, top dog of Choco Pro of Ichigaya. And it was a wonderful match. Those two are really good. You know, um, I think some people scoff at Ichigaya and Choco Pro because they don't wrestle in a ring. But those two um, beat the snot out of each other and had a really good match. And, uh, yeah, so Choco Pro, watch, catch it, watch it whenever you get a chance. And then I will be watching the Stardom whenever it comes out. Still blows my mind they're not live really blows my mind that they're not live on their streaming service, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro had a good show too as well. Uh, their champions retained as well. So uh, champions are keeping their belts all over the place. And now Stardom has the big finals with uh, Julia and Tam coming up here for the uh, the title. So that's it for the opening this week. And, uh, oh, buried the lead. This week. With our big main event interview, we have Alexis Lee from Singapore. I'm gonna, she's the first in the future Joshi Stars series I'm gonna put on here on the Joshi Pod, where uh, they haven't quite made it to Japan yet, but they have aspirations to go to Japan. They've had some uh, interactions and matches with Japanese wrestlers. So, yeah, Alexis Lee, Singapore's finest, the pride of Singapore. Uh, it's a fun conversation. She's a hoot. Uh, she's, uh, yeah, she's pretty funny. And, uh, we have a lot of fun talk about wrestling and, and all kinds of other stuff. So stick around, listen to Alexis Lee. But again, Mayu is your stardom champion and, uh, we will go from there. All right, guys, before we get to that big minute of interview with Alexis Lee, I do want to thank you for downloading, listening to the Joshi Pod. If you could, please rate, subscribe, review, all that kind of good stuff. And it uh, really helps the algorithm to get us on the uh, search lists. Also, follow me on Twitter at the Joshi Pod. You can follow me personally, too, at Eric San Diego. But again, thank you guys so much for uh, downloading and listening to this. And enjoy the conversation with Alexis Lee. She's awesome. She's very funny. And uh, she's a very talented wrestler, too. Check her out on YouTube. And uh, we'll see you guys next week with An Shamu. Arigato gozaimasu. 
A big interview this week. Alexis Lee, the Lion City hit girl, Singapore's finest. You know, Joshi wrestling is is not just about wrestling in Japan. It's a uh, it, it's a worldwide phenomenon. You know, we have many wrestlers in WWE that were Joshi wrestlers. Uh, there's many wrestlers uh, all across the country. And Singapore is no different. Um, the Philippines is a pretty decent wrestling scene right now as well. But today we're going to talk about Singapore. We're going to talk again about the Lion City hit girl. Thank you for joining us on the show, Alexis Lee. Thank you for having me. All right. So my father was in the Navy for 32 years, and he's seen just about anywhere in the world. And the one thing he told me about Singapore was that it's the cleanest city he's ever seen or, or the cleanest place he's ever been in his life. Is that true? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of people like, working the streets to make sure that it's clean. A lot it's, of things are illegal, including like, bubble gum. So it helps. See, I thought that was an old... like story he told me about bubblegum but i guess it's, it's true it is as a kid we actually go to malaysia and like just to get some <laughs> so easy just go across malaysia and like every time we go to malaysia it's a must-have item it's the weirdest thing just for our singaporeans because it's so illegal here <laughs> do you like go home and chew it and, like and you like you go like lock yourself in your room and chew your gum yeah <laughs> it, it would be like you know in the hotel rooms like it would be like begging our parents to get us some chewing gum, bubble gum, and they'll be like, no, like, you don't need that shit. You need to eat actual food. <laughs> We're like, but this is illegal. Like, we need to have it. We're here in Malaysia. We need, we need bubble gum. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people here, like, sneaking a, a drink of beer or something. You're, you're sneaking a piece of bubble gum. Yeah. And then we would kind of uh, bring some back illegally and, like, kind of pass to our friends. So it, it's like a little illegal Showing gum trading <laughs> as a kid. So, like at the airports, they scan for weapons and bubble gum. I guess so. <laughs> well, we have more important things to talk about than bubble gum. But uh, so, tell us about uh, what the wrestling scene is like in Singapore. So, uh, I've been wrestling with SPW Singapore Pro Wrestling for the past seven years. The company started eight years ago. And I was kind of like one of the pioneer batches. Uh, I actually joined them uh, about a year after they started when they had like this uh, unofficial show. So that was when I first heard about SPW. Then I joined shortly. And we've had our first show in my first year on August of that year, which was about 2013. And since then, we've had a lot of international guests walk through our doors. We've had a lot of like like changes in our shows from like we started out from what 50 people and we've grown up to like the Kenny Omega show I think we had over 600 people wow. so that was like amazing and like the wrestling scene it's not just in Singapore in the whole Southeast Asia it has actually grown since eight years yeah what wrestling did what wrestling do people watch on TV in Singapore I would say it's mostly WWE I mean it was on TV in the past, now it's on like those um, extra channels that you pay for. Mm -hmm. But a lot of fans, I realized they actually watch a lot of like Japanese wrestling, like especially New Japan is really popular. Stardom too. We've actually uh, New Japan come down to Singapore once to do like this house show sort of mm -hmm. thing. It was great. Like uh, Evil won a title. I can't remember which title. <laughs> but, yeah. So. What, 
What inspired you to like go from like watching it to to wanting to do it? It's kind of funny because when I started watching wrestling, it was mainly kind of like my escape from reality because I was being bullied in school. Mm. So it's not like the usual wrestling fans who kind of like watch it with their parents as a kid, that sort of thing. And like wrestling just provided the escape from reality, and I just kind of figured like, what a better way to kind of change. Uh, the world, or you know, kind of help to make things better place. Then, if I did something that I really like, and at the same time I could kind of put some weight behind my name, that people would actually listen to me. Mm-hmm. So that that kind of like started the ball rolling on like, oh, what if I became a pro wrestler? Like you know, people would kind of hear my story. Some will get motivated. Some will get inspired. Who knows? And yeah, it's it's been crazy since then. I've managed to travel the world. I've I've done what I I liked, and like there's people always coming up to me, kind of like telling me like you know this was inspiring and all that. It's it's just the best. That's awesome. So okay, so I I'm gonna show my ignorance here a little bit about Singapore. So I know it's fine. it uh, you know how like gender roles people have like you know women should do this, men should do this. In uh-huh. Singapore, in Singapore, a woman being a wrestler, how is that viewed? Oh, um, my parents were really against it for like the longest time. I mean, mm. they they are still against it now. It's just that they've kind of like given up on trying to get me to quit wrestling. <laughs> Occasionally, I get the nagging. You know, I get the nag from them to be like, "Oh, you know, you should you should get a proper job. You should stop this crazy dream." Blah blah blah. But yeah, it's been crazy, but a lot of people are really accepting at the same time. It's like, um, we actually did this video a few years back. Uh, you know that, that there was this really popular YouTube video where this guy threw his girlfriend into the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. And like, Paul Heyman did a follow-up uh, video with him, with uh, Medusa. Mm-hmm. So we actually did our version of it. And it was like the, the roster of SPW guys just turned into swimming pool and there was so much hate from it. They got so many people like coming after us. It was insanity. Like it was people just kind of going after the guys be like, how dare you guys do this to a girl? And then there were so many like aunties and uncles also coming after me be like, how are you allowing this to happen? Why are you doing this? Like you're just like Throwing, throwing it back into the faces of women everywhere, kind of like taking things back like God knows when. It was, it was, it was, it just kind of showed that how, you know, we haven't really moved on from the past on like what women can really do, even though it's the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just very traditional over there. A lot of places are still like yeah. that. <laughs> Especially in Asia, I think. Because we're like really based on the cultures and traditions of the past. It is really traditional, yeah. So the tradition of, you know, having uh, having a family, kids, things like that versus traveling the world and being a wrestler. Yeah, it's kind of like you have to be realistic. got to like keep your head down. Don't think about shooting for the stars. you got to make sure that, you know, you understand like um you know choosing a dream is not easy which i think we all do understand that but they, they just want me to have a normal life 
It's boring sometimes to have a normal life. It is. <laughs> but it's, it's like sometimes I do I do wish I had a bit of a normal life, but at the same time it's like I when I think back about all the awesome shit I have from wrestling, I'm like, do that. You're still very young. You got a lot of time to still do other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not in Asian timing. <laughs> <laughs> so, how how is how is training for you to to become a wrestler? How, I mean, who trained you? How are you trained? Is it what you expected? I uh, I was trained by I was trained by Vadim, uh, who actually started up this other promotion in Russia, the IWF. So he had prior training, I think, in Canada. I'm not so sure. And Andrew Tang, Singapore's first pro wrestler. Like the both of them trained me, it was crazy intense and it's it it was a journey. Cause I was the first uh, female and I had to train with the guys for like two, three years. Did they treat <laughs> you did they treat you any different because you were a girl? Oh no, they don't. It's just that I have to kind of like keep up with them because they pick things up ever so quickly. It's like Especially some of those guys, they actually have like a year of experience prior to me joining. It's kind of like everyone's just kind of, at the start, it's like, you know, we all want to do our absolute best. So we're kind of like pushing ourselves and competing with each other to kind of like get to the top of our very low part of the ladder. Did they have a ring or were you training on a mat? Oh, we have a ring. Uh, we, we started off even like, in our first year, we have a ring. We just changed our location of training like quite a bit. Where'd the ring come from? Um, I think they actually like, because Vadim does own like uh, IWF in Russia. So he has like all these um, dimensions and all that for the ring and like mm. things that we need for the ring, like, you know, the ropes, the turnbuckles and all that. So when they started out, they actually invested a lot of money to get like, uh, those parts like custom made and they mm-hmm. will be set up and all that that's interesting i always and wonder you know when these 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 countries that are like just you know where the the wrestling business is starting how they how they get a ring and where they find a ring and i guess you just you get blueprints and you build it right yeah <laughs> so talk about Actually, your go ahead thinking about it so it's like there, there are some other promotions i guess uh can't actually find like a place to set up a ring to actually be able to do training like all the time using a ring. Like Hong Kong wrestling, they when they do their training, it's like on a mat. It's not in like a wrestling ring. So it is really kind of interesting to kind of see how like different countries and different proportions work, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, we'll talk about Gato Move in a little bit, but yeah, I mean, you can just see now from Cho- Choco Pro how they... They're completely different than, than a lot of other things, and they do almost well. They do everything on a mat, pretty much. Yeah, it's awesome the way they they, they kind of work yeah. around like their the limitations. Have you ever jumped out of a window seal before? No, <laughs> I did underground wrestling in Austria. <laughs> it was also kind of like mat wrestling. That's interesting too. <laughs> All right, so talk about your early career. What, what was it like to, to get started to actually have matches versus just training? Oh, my first match, it was insane because, yeah, I was the only girl. So my first match was a four-way match. 
and I was barely involved in the match actually. Because <laughs> we, we were also kind of afraid of like how the public would react to me, like being the only girl in the roster fighting with three other guys. So we were kind of like, you know, okay, I should not get hit too much because the people are gonna hit it. But at the same time, I need to get hit so I could get up the ring. And and it was it was kind of a whirlwind of emotions. I remember I wanted to kind of like hide somewhere before my match and not go out for my match. But I was like, okay, I've worked so hard. We've worked. We've all worked so hard for this first ever show. I just gotta like get out of get out and like just do my shit. <laughs> and I did, and it was amazing. But actually, my first um couple years, like first three years, I barely got to wrestle. Since there's like no other women in the uh, in the roster, and it's not that nice to kind of wrestle the guys, because of like you know, a bit of the ego and how people perceive us. Mainly, it's like the public's perce- uh, perception of like you know girls versus guys, the like intergender matches. So that was why I barely wrestled, and it yeah, I actually had like what. Four or five matches in my first three years in oh, total. Wow. So, what, total. what what did the crowd think when you were out there as a woman wrestling the guys? Oh, they love it. I actually only had like two intergender matches in the Three intergender matches in Singapore. And like the like the crowd was like always behind me. So seems like the perfect guess, baby face experience, yeah. Yeah. It's the easiest baby face experience. You just yeah. go out there get your butt handed to you a little bit and like the crowd just like boost the shit out of the heel. And then you just do a comeback and they're like cheering the shit out of you and they're like, yay! <laughs> this is so easy! Thank you! So when did you take the step up, the next step as far as like wrestling women more frequently? Oh, my first uh, female opponent was actually not from Singapore. I wrestled um, Savannah Summers from Adelaide, Australia. It was really awesome because she took care of me in that whole match. She took care of me actually the whole time, including when she was like touring around Singapore when I was like kind of taking care of her, but she was like actually taking care of me. So it, it was really nice to work with like women, like to kind of like talk to them and kind of talk about their experience like, where they share and like, I kind of learn from that. Yeah, I bet and, it must be, it must be pretty yes, lonely if you're the, if you're the only woman in training. It does. I try to always be like part of the guys. Yeah, but it's, it, I don't think that, probably it's not the same though. <laughs> yeah, it's very different. Yeah. Like, like talking to girls, it's so much like easier, but like with guys, it's a different kind of thing. And you said about ego, guys having egos. Was, was it just them not wanting to sell for you? Yeah, they just want to keep looking so strong. It was like a whole, you know, burial kind of vibe. One of the guys I worked with, it was a little bit of a burial vibe from him. He just, he wanted to do like, uh, he just wanted to beat my ass out around the ring. And yeah, like, on burial mode, suggesting some stuff which was inappropriate. Mm. Like those, um, yeah, moves that looks too sexual for, you know. It happens. Yeah, it shouldn't, but it, it happened. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it shouldn't. That's the sad reality for a lot of women. 
it's so but it's so unoriginal i mean that's that's when i think back now and look at that stuff it's like I mean, how unoriginal is it to do things like that yeah yeah but I, like back then there wasn't a speaking up movement like it was a lot of education that needed to happen and it does and like now it is a better space for women everywhere i guess so you you actually wrote quite a bit on Twitter about the speaking out movement. Um, uh, yeah. How how early in, in your experience in wrestling were you? Uh, did you start having instances of that that happening? One of it actually happened during like my first year of wrestling, like with the guy suggesting like you know, uh, he wanted to do like this banana speed move, which was like his whole body was like, really close to like splitting my legs apart and just downright being super close. And I was like really, I was 18 at the time. So I was, I, I came into wrestling with this super duper innocent kind of vibe. I was so innocent until wrestling changed everything. <laughs> so like when, when he wanted to do all these things, I was really uncomfortable, but uh, not many guys were involved in my match. So, uh, yeah, like when I told people I was uncomfortable, they kind of like suggested to him to, you know, like change things up. And he was kind of unrelenting. So we finally managed to kind of like come up with a compromise and that was fine. But like he he also tried other things. Like when we went overseas for a resting trip and that was like what, um, four years ago? It was like really early on, I would say that I've experienced all these things. Like it didn't matter to them whether I was like kind of one of the boys. Like I tried my hardest to be one of the boys, but in the end I'm still a woman, so they just kind of try to take advantage of you know, like uh I wanted uh me wanting to wrestle more often and just wanting to do my absolute best in the ring. And yeah, the guys just take advantage of that. I, and they also take advantage of the fact that, you know, uh, we, when we speak up, like, people will just kind of brush it off, I guess. I mean, that's happened with uh, one of the guys that was released. And he was caught up publicly by other people in the industry. Not just in Singapore, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. what do you, if you want to wrestle, what do you I mean? What do you do? You can't speak up because wh- where else do you go? You know, you were, you yeah. were, tra- you were trapped pretty much. I was the only... Yeah, it's like the guys would say like, oh, we spoke to him, like, you know, things would change. But with one of the guys, it, I just guess it didn't really change because he, he just went around and kind of made other girls uncomfortable. And I, I didn't hear about it until more on the recent side. Uh, until like, you know, recently, then I kind of heard like the other things that he has kind of like done to make the other girls in the region uncomfortable. And I was like, you know, this is it. Like, I've had enough. So it's when I realized that I got to kind of share my story to prevent the other girls from the region, especially to kind of like experience such things because it should not be the normal thing to experience, you know. These kind of things should be like a rarity. It should not happen in the perfect world, but it's not perfect world, so it should happen. Yeah, but it's, it's, I mean, I, I work in a corporate job and, and none of the things that I read about would be acceptable in any corporate environment, any pr- professional environment. So it's, it's bro- broke my heart to see, you know, to read all the, your story and the other stories that people shared. 
How, how empowering is that as a woman to see so many people come out and, and share their experiences? It is empowering because like for the longest time, I actually hid it to myself. Like I do, I do want the girls to kind of like, uh, you know, be careful of certain people and all that. But at the same time, you don't want to kind of like tell it to everyone because you, you want to kind of keep up that the, the company's image and, you know, you don't want to just ruin things for people. But at the same time, you just want to protect the girls. Mm-hmm. So, so it was like very difficult to kind of navigate through everything. Um, but like, yeah, it had to be done. Yeah. No, it's, I, I thought it was very brave of you to share your story and all the other men and women that shared their stories as well. It was, it was quite, uh, it was, it was a tough few days to, to, to read all that, but I, I, I hope 2020 is the year of change and, and I hope it, it continues. Yeah. This, this movement actually kind of helped a lot of people get things off their chest and, yeah, and I, to kind of let them know that, you know, people are listening, people are, are going to like kind of make choices to make wrestling like a better place which I think it does happen, like it is happening right now with, you know, a lot of people being so-called cancelled. I don't yeah, get the What's that? The phrase that everyone uses, like, you know, 2020 is cancelled, like, I just don't get it. I, I don't, I, I'd say, I, I keep saying 2020's change. 2020's the year of change. Yeah, you know, it is. Cancelled can, whatever, I, I, I'm... Not a cancel person either, but you know it's it's just changed. People need to go away, and uh, new people need to come in and, and show the, the new way. Yeah, the right way. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get back to your in-ring career. So, when did you you had some matches with Emmy Sakura? How did you hook, get hooked up with Emmy Sakura? So, uh, oh, let me think if I'm getting the story right. Uh, Emmy Sakura, I think she started Gato Move about the same time as PW started up. Uh, yeah. I think she started out like the one in Japan. Then she branched out to Thailand, which was maybe six, seven years ago. I, I want to guess. So she, she kind of found out like, you know, uh, I think she found out about SPW and she was like, oh, she wants to work with the girls in the region to kind of like uh, grow the, the standard of wrestling for like, especially in the women's side in the whole of Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. So I guess that is kind of how we, we kind of got her in Singapore. I'm not fully sure. That was like not handled by me. <laughs> what was your early experiences like working with Emmy or talking or just being around Emmy? Oh, she's so scary. Like <laughs> just because of her legacy, it's like knowing that I'm going to like wrestle her even meet her. I was like, holy shit, I was such a mark. And I guess she hated it. <laughs> no, but, but she, she's awesome. She, she's really helpful. Like, uh, I think I wrestled her about, what, three, no, wait, maybe four years ago. So, uh, like, with, with her, like, uh, I was really uncomfortable with selling, like, you know, with the voice. Like, you know, bumping is fine. But, you know, shouting and all that. So uncomfortable. But Sakura-san loves to shout. So like during training and she would be like shouting out be like holy shit human people can hear you <laughs> we have neighbors in this building oh my god that is so loud and her voice just echoes throughout the training place and i'm like oh my gosh how does she have a, how does she have a voice so loud 
Yeah. It's amazing because she kind of like pushed me out of that shower to kind of shout as awkwardly as awkward as it was to shout a little bit. I was like, that that really helps. I I can't remember who I asked it to, but I thought it was a dumb question. I was like, do you guys practice yelling and shouting? <laughs> They're like, yeah, we do. Because of Sakura. No, I just can't. <laughs> if you don't oh, scream hard enough, she'll stretch you. She'll stretch you to make you scream. <laughs> she'll be like, more sound, more sound. You know, like, yes, Sakura says. <laughs> she'll shout at you to shout back at her. <laughs> but if you, if you look at her. If you look at her training, her tree, her the tree underneath her of the people she's trained, it's pretty amazing. It is. It's freaking amazing. Like she started out career what in 1995, and the amount of people she's trained, the amount of things she's done in the career, like opening promotions, the the amount of like championship material wrestlers she has trained, up and coming students like you know Meishuga. I love the match with me and uh, Lulu Pencil back in the East. It was so fun yes. to watch. I think Lulu's, I think Lulu's brilliant. She is. Like, she reminds me of um, Hibiscus Me with her, you know, her funny uh, fun antics. Uh-huh. It's, I just like that kind of comedy. I love comedy wrestling, but, you know, not the really cringy ones. Yes. It's like, it's like the Mr. Bean kind of vibe of wrestling. And and no, but May May as well. May is going to be a, a superstar. I mean, I think it's she's so cute. And I saw her, I just wanted to squeeze her. <laughs> I met her last September at Corican Hall. She was wrestling on a seedling seedling show, and she told me that, "Hey, I'm worried about people taking me serious because I look like a little girl." <laughs> and I'm like, "Just go out and hit people hard. <laughs> they won't yeah, care." Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Just whack them. <laughs> Is that what you kind of had to do too? I mean, you're not the the biggest uh, woman in the ring either. I mean, did you just go out there and start hitting people hard? Oh yeah, I just give them like real stiff chops. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like to leave my my handprint on people's chest. It's fun. I mean, not for them, but you know, it's for me. So my my one of my favorite questions to ask people is, who's chopped you the hardest? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I want to say Sakura-san, she doesn't give a shit. She just kills me in the ring every single time. <laughs> and, and after that, she shouts at me. I'm like, yes, so sorry for whatever, whatever wrong I've done. And I hit her heart again. Boom, like, I, 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 I don't even know what I did. What I know what I did. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry I brought you to smell the durians. <laughs> oh, she hates durians. It's hilarious. Oh, they smell terrible. She says she she loves it, but I like I'm like mm-hmm, I I don't trust you with that knowledge. There's a reason why durians are in the freezer at the store. <gasps> no, nah, that's the wrong way to to kind of do that, man. Durians are not meant to be in the freezer. I mean, unless the frozen ones, but no. Like the whole it, frozen it, fruit, it, like the the whole spiky thing is in the freezer. Yeah, that's so weird. I've only seen that in Korea because it's not like popular there. I was like, a hundred dollars for this fruit? Like, are you kidding me? I could get a fraction of the price back home in Singapore. <laughs> it's insane. They have those at Asian stores here in California too, the the and the freezer. Yeah, I don't think it's supposed to be in the freezer. It's because like you know, it's not so popular. That's why I did you have to keep it in there. I guess I was gonna cut one open and hide it in my friend's house. Oh my god, do that. Your friend might like it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> my friend might come and shoot me. <laughs> my ex actually likes it a lot. She 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 surprisingly likes it. So she's from France. Uh-huh. Like, uh, of, like Caucasians don't really love um urine. I mean, it's it's kind of a a quiet taste. Yes. Yes, it is. It's hard to get past the smell sometimes, though. But it's easy. I mean, for me, it is easy. <laughs> I guess if you're bored around it, it's uh, <laughs> you can get used to it. I guess so, but my, my little sister doesn't like urine. So it's like, it depends. Fresh durian on the street? Oh, so good. You actually have to kind of drink salt water from the shower. to kind of like help with the heatiness of the fruit. So good. Yeah, I'm not probably I'm probably not going to try it again. <laughs> but you got to have the fresh ones from like you know Malaysia. Or- if I, if I'm in Singapore, I will I will try durian. Yes, you do. I would love it's- to. I would actually. Singapore is one of the places I absolutely want to visit. You have to come here. Like next time we go to Japan, come down here too. Fly on we over. Have amazing things. <laughs> I mean our our. Airport has like free foot massage machines, so that's a great selling point, I think. <laughs> I'll bring you some bubble. Airport. I'll bring you some bubble gum. Yes. Like, what was that? The, there was this cute one with like a really long roll of bubble gum. You just kind of cut it off. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta find it in Malaysia. <laughs> I'll put a just a suitcase full of bubble gum. I'll bring it to you. Yes. <laughs> and then I'll do like the illegal bubble gum. Sales thing again. You can have the black. You can have the black market corner. Yeah, just within the roster. Like guys, we can finally chew gum in the ring. <laughs> you know, like what the Americans do all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we look like cows sometimes when we chew gum, though. I know, but it's like so cool. I don't know why we just. I I kind of do that pretend gum in my mouth sometimes out of nowhere. I don't get it. I don't even. I'm not even chewing gum. But like it just automatically does that whole chewing gum motion in my mouth when there's absolutely zero things in my mouth. <laughs> it matches. I have no idea. Chew on your tongue or what? No, on air. I don't know. <laughs> it just happens. And I'm like watching back my video. I'm like, ah, I look like an idiot. But that looks cool at the same time. <laughs> no, nobody knows you don't have gum. <laughs> in Singapore, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they think you're a bad girl if you have, if you're chewing gum in the match. You're, that makes you a heel. Yeah, but I like why? Why? I guess most of them will be thinking it's like so. For the whole time she was not like biting onto anything in the match, and out of nowhere she's just chewing something. Like hmm. after like, she wins she her like... victory gum, <laughs> her imaginary victory gum. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. You should blow imaginary bubbles with your imaginary gum. <laughs> Imagine I was blowing like imaginary bubbles from the bubble gum shit. Like, <laughs> have people pop? Have people try to pop it? <laughs> My cousin would actually pull out the bubble gum. I have. Oh, it's a weirdo. <laughs> Did that when we were chewing gum one time, blowing it, and like he just like instead of popping, he just put the whole thing. So the whole gum came out of our mouth, and we're like, "What the hell, dude?" When I used to have long hair, I used to like blow bubbles. And I would get it like all over my hair. It was terrible. Oh damn! Just big oh, giant no. bubbles. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. It must have been a really big bubble too. Oh, I would put like a whole pack in my mouth at once and try to chew it. Oh, and just blow the, the biggest, the biggest bubbles I could blow. 
They were pretty How good. How is he able to chew? Isn't that like really, really hard to kind of like have so much gum in your mouth? Oh, you get your mouth gets tired, but yeah, you just chew it just so you can try to blow giant bubbles. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> That's the w- weird American things. That's that's what I'm going to sell. If you're selling free massages, foot massages, I'm going to sell bubble gums as big as my head. That's what America has to offer. Yeah, I kind of want to do that. Why <laughs> didn't I do gum the last time I was in America? Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it's yeah. not like this. It's not those little thin sticks of gum. It's like those like blocks of gum you got to chew. Those big fat ones. It's, yeah, I'm gonna like dislocate my jaw from that. Probably. So when did you first travel internationally to look for bubblegum and wrestle? <laughs> my my first international match was supposed to be in Hong Kong, but in the last minute we kind of had to get visa. So that match did not happen, but it was still fun because I managed to hang out with Hiroyo Matsumoto mm-hmm. and we went to Disneyland. We we managed to do a match in Singapore though after that. Um that same year in October. Yeah, it was like what? Um I wanted to say three years ago, I think. I think it's three or four years. I, I can't be, I, I'm bad with like dates and stuff. But yeah. She seems, she seems so, like she'd be pretty intimidating too. Oh, she is, but she's a, am I ruining things if I say she's a total sweetheart? Crush <laughs> me. I, awesome. I met her, I met her at a uh, Minoru Suzuki store and she couldn't have been a, a nicer pers- person. Yeah, she's awesome. Like, uh, she, we, we hung out in Hong Kong with uh, two of my friends who actually traveled all the way to Hong Kong just for my match, which did not happen. <laughs> so we actually just hung out and like uh, ate a whole bunch of stuff. We were like kind of showing her the Hong Kong culture with just a bunch of Chinese people from Singapore. It was fun. Did yeah, she, she have like her big, her big curly orange hair? Did she have that then too? You mean a ramen hair? Nah. <laughs> she had a normal, normal straight hair. Okay. With, uh, the, was it a highlight kind of like pin to her? Yeah. She had like add-ons. <laughs> so you got to wrestle like in Australia and stuff as well. What, what was it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I did Australia three years ago. Okay, so yeah, Hong Kong should be four years then. <laughs> so yeah, Australia was three years ago. I got the opportunity to work at AAW, uh, which has closed down since. So I did a couple times. How did that come about? How did, how did that come about to, to go to Australia? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I <laughs> I knew um, Andrew Carter from Facebook. <laughs> and like uh, one of our guys, who shall not be named, actually went over there before me and he kind of worked his uh, promotion for a bit. Then, I don't know, like out of nowhere, I kind of had that opportunity to wrestle in australia but yeah sure that's awesome and it was fun it was crazy awesome because like my first show there i was in the same cart as rvd i was wrestling katie fox for the women title mm. it was like it was so much fun to kind of do like a little storyline even like especially overseas it's like it gave me an opportunity to do like a storyline i'm like hell yeah <laughs> So yeah, I got my ass handed to me after that match. Um, another chick, Roxy Riot, cute me, he cute me. <laughs> how is it? How, how did the uh, Australians take to you? Did they like you from the get go? Oh, they like me. I think. I think I'm likable. I don't know. <laughs> they do like me though. 
and I I did uh three four uh, three shows. Yeah, I did three shows. I appeared on like four with like promos and stuff, and it kind of helped with like growing my fan base a little bit because the the fans there they would like come up to me after the shows and kind of take photos and all that stuff, and I would make more friends from like the the people in Perth, like the wrestlers, not just with the company, with other companies. It was great. I love it. I don't think Australia. You should go back. There's no COVID there, I guess. But there is. I think Melbourne just went into lockdown again. Mm. I'm not sure. How is the COVID I, in Singapore? Oh, it's bad, I guess. But uh, our community cases are low. So... I cases recently. I think like recently we've kind of seen a bit of a spike, but we've we've gone into phase two, which means we can actually uh, dine in at restaurants. Most things are open. The cinema recently just opened a couple of days back. Um, we still have like hundreds of cases every day, but mostly it's with the foreign workers. Mm. Yeah, so it's like I want to say it's pretty under control. America's like, a shit. Sh- America's a shit show. Yeah, I've been looking at the news. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Like, I just find it so weird that, you know, people are fighting over mask wearing and, like, their arguments for not wearing masks. I'm like, why? Why? Like, just, just wear a mask for the safety of, like, you know, you and others. And yet, America, they're doing things like COVID parties, which is the stupidest thing ever. Americans are so arrogant. It's, it's terrible. Why are they doing COVID parties? Why? People are trying the hardest not to get COVID, and then these people are like, let's get COVID. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, people, not, not everybody is very bright. <laughs> <laughs> so you also traveled to America to wrestle as well, correct? Yeah, I did. Um, I, wait, which, which one was it? Oh, shit. <laughs> I did CWE two years ago. So, yeah. It was fun. I was with a lot of different people because we had a battle royal match, which was so awkward. Because <laughs> I just arrived there and they just told me, like, everyone introduced themselves like ever so quickly. And I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> I'm trying my best to remember names, but I can't. I'm bad with names. I'm so sorry. And then they're all talking amongst themselves. And I'm like, this is awkward. <laughs> So how do these how do these experiences come about to like how how do you get in contact with people to come like to travel to these places? Uh, for America, actually, I'm uh, I'm friends with Christopher, who is actually the owner of CWE. So he actually kind of planned to have that show. Uh, then when I was going to be in America, he kept asking me like, you know, you gotta come to America, like you gotta do the show. Like I'm gonna make sure that you know. I'm going to put on this show just for you. And I was like, oh my God, really? <laughs> and so, yeah, we, we, he actually gave me that show in a way. That's yeah, awesome. amazing. We've got to work Amber Nova too. Yeah, Amber Nova's really good. Yeah, she is. She's amazing. I, I want to bring her to, Amer- uh, to Singapore, actually, if I can. If so, how, like, how, budget. <laughs> so how has your wrestling gotten better with you wrestling more experienced people? Like it helps with, uh, you know, like with uh, getting tips from them and working with them, kind of like seeing how they do things. Then we, hmm, what do we do? 
like you know hearing about their stories and like uh like getting some insights from them on like what I should be doing or like how they've gotten to like where they are in their careers through you know all these things like all these all these wrestlers they help me out a lot when I'm going through like you know difficult things in wrestling I just can't reach out to them and they they are the absolute best in making sure that you know the next generation of wrestlers are like well taken care of like recently yeah. actually spoke with uh, Shazam McKenzie like when I was kind of dealing with the whole speaking out movement mm-hmm. it really helped like she, she's been so outspoken about it amazing she's uh, i've been able to talk to her before she seems like a really amazing positive person yes yeah she is i don't get why people like throw hate at her sometimes people are jealous yeah yeah misery loves company they want want you to be as miserable as they are i guess Uh, but yeah she's awesome she's funny so i I I look at I look at your cage match page, okay, and I and I see some of these matches, like some of the names you've wrestled, you know, and it, it's pretty impressive. I mean, like Makoto, you wrestled Makoto in in Singapore. Ah, uh, yeah, oh yeah. I wanted to throw her to the chest, and she reversed it on me. I went through the chest like a bowling ball with like the bowling pin. <laughs> Damn. But she she's so good, also though, you know. She is. Oh man. I didn't like, know the cage match. <laughs> you do, yeah. <laughs> and like Riho, I mean, you saw Riho a few years ago, you know, kind of earlier in her career before she became what she is now. I mean, uh, in the... Uh, and tagged with her in the past. She's she's one hell of a wrestler to kind of work with me. <sighs> it was so unnerving. Like when it, it was like so much better when I was tagging with her than I was wrestling her. Because there was less pressure on me <laughs> as a tag team partner <laughs> compared to like facing her across the ring. I was like, ah, shit, I'm going to look absolutely shit compared to you. <laughs> Were you surprised how successful she is in, in uh, AEW? I know. I was like, I was shocked to kind of like, you know, how long it took for companies kind of to recognize them, you know. Because mm-hmm. they're such big stars. Like, especially like, after all the things that Sakura has done. And like Riho has been like killing it in Japan for like the longest time ever since she was like what? Like a teen, like a preteen. Preteen, yeah. Like preteen. And then like during her teenage years, she was like a massive star already. She's just becoming bigger and bigger. Yeah. It it just sucks that, you know, it takes a while <laughs> for them to kind of like get this kind of uh, exposure, but it's it's amazing. Like I got goosebumps when I first saw them on AEW, Sakura-san and Riho-san. I'm like, oh my god, yes, woo! I'm so happy, and they were on AEW. So is is one of the American companies one of your goals to work for someday? <laughs> I I do hope to get a contract somewhere, someplace. I do, but uh, I'm not sure. Like. I, I just hope that I kind of achieve whatever I want from wrestling, uh, especially like traveling around, around the world before I, I have no idea actually. It's like if I do get signed to a company, I, I do hope it would be awesome uh, to kind of like, you know, be able to travel at the same time. But I do love traveling. And like working on an independent scene, it helps with, you know, planning your own travels. 
So if I do get opportunity to work for like a big company in America, it would be like, it would be great to kind of work in more countries that I hopefully not wrestled in. Yeah, because I mean, the, the, the Asian women are, are represented more than ever in America right now, which I think is wonderful. Oh, it is. Like, especially with Shimmer. I've, I've seen their stuff. They have so many um, Amer- uh, the Japanese women or the Joshi wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Oh, but even like, I mean, AEW's got Hikaru Shida. Like, WWE has so many right now. It's even American yeah, they, American people of Asian descent, you know, that, that they, they're, they're, their representation yeah, is more than ever. Yeah. Like Karen Q and, and um, Zia Lee's Black in there as well. Yeah, and Shazi Blackheart. Yeah. She's, yeah, I think she's half that's Filipino, crazy. I believe. Yeah. I've met Zaya last year, actually. Did you? Try out. Yeah. She looks like she would kill people if she wanted to. She would. She scares me. But, <laughs> like, uh, who else was it? Uh, Reina Gonzalez. I think she's now rebranded as Raquel. Uh huh. She is so tall. <laughs> she is like a freaking building. <laughs> Look up to her. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's so tall. I can't. <laughs> So you've had some matches against some other uh, women from Southeast Asia as well, like Gypsy mm-hmm. and Crystal. What's it like yeah. to get into matches with with other young, hungry wrestlers that are you know from Southeast Asia? It's it's so fun talking to them because we kind of have we kind of started all on the same path where you know wrestling just didn't really happen in Southeast Asia until recently. So we're all kind of like figuring out like oh like. What's the direction of pro wrestling in Southeast Asia, like for the future? And like we we kind of uh, exchange our knowledge and then in that sense, like kind of like what we picked up from various people to kind of like you know uh, throw it back and forth each other, kind of like you know exchanging knowledge information. So that's good. Like, that's that's good to hear that it's you know it's a sisterhood, not a, a competition. It is. I, I guess you just want to try and make it like, you know, there's so little of us. <clears throat> there's, there's not enough, like, you know, female wrestlers in Southeast Asia. So we all got to kind of be close with each other. We have to, like, unite each other. We have to make sure that, you know, we do absolute best. Because without, like, if, if, like, a few of us leaves, it's like, oh my God, what, what division is there? It's not like a female division in a company. It's like the female division in the whole of Southeast Asia. But there's just so little women. <laughs> I think there's like only about like 10 of us in Southeast Asia, actually. Really? And you guys all wrestle each other? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've wrestled Jutsi several times. And I've wrestled Crystal. Like, I think we completed it recently. We wrestled, we've been in the ring for like nine times together. <laughs> So we always have this joke that we're gonna fight forever. <laughs> well, hopefully you're fighting in, in, a, in a big company someday against each other. Hopefully, I think I think it'll be fun. Or we did our tryout match together. Oh, did you? Yeah, I wrestled both Gypsy and Crystal like one-on-one matches. It was it was fun. It was exhausting, but it was fun. Where was where was that at? Uh, the WWE tryout like last year in China. The one they did in China. Okay. What was what was that experience like? Oof. Um, well, I do like China. I just 
it's weird because I'm Chinese, but I can't eat the Chinese food there. So I actually kind of lost weight <laughs> with all the tryout stuff. Like, uh, it was it was intense. Like, it's a lot of like, um, what, what's that? What's that word? Uh, CrossFit training. Yeah, it's so a lot of CrossFit kind of training with metaphors with like the body bags and all that. So, what was the pressure like before you you went there? We, we did you pressure yourself to perform? Oh yeah, for sure. Like we we were all really stressed out, especially the ones from Southeast Asia, because I mean these opportunities kind of like once in a lifetime and we are all the pioneer batches of like wrestlers to actually do the the very tryout like no other wrestlers in Southeast Asia has had such a big opportunity with a big company like that so we we have to kind of make sure that you know we put our best foot forward to show that you know even though the wrestling scene in Southeast Asia is still so young this is what we can do like this, like representing the rest of wrestling in Southeast Asia. So we have to do our absolute best, and I think we kind of did. They they do like some of us. What kind of feedback did they give you? Uh, actually, I didn't really have much time to kind of ask them, because th- there was like so many people just going up to the trainers in that time. When there's time for me to kind of ask, I kind of got, you know. Uh, like other people kind of cut me through to kind of ask the, the coaches for feedback and all that so I just didn't have to I didn't get the opportunity to really ask them like whenever I was so close to asking someone would just kind of cut in and be like talking to the coaches and I'm like ah damn it and then we have to head back to the hotel because we we're all running on a really tight schedule and we had so much media to do who were the uh, the coaches that were there Oh, um, hmm. uh, Matt Bloom was there. Mm. Uh, Robbie Brookside, and mm. uh, she got released. Um, what's her name? Oh, shit. The, the 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 female coach that got released from WWE's Black Wednesday firings. Uh, was she part of the Straight Edge Society? With was that the one? Yes. Her? I can't remember her name. It's gonna, I'm gonna kick myself. But yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, but she she got yeah. She's awesome to look uh to kind of talk to, or that little conversation that we have. <laughs> it's ever so helpful. And the the female coach was also there. Um, Ref Jess, who worked uh Ring of Honor prior to the baby. Oh, Sarah Del Rey. No, no, no. Uh, referee, uh, referee Jessica. Oh, okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, like the the China talents, the the prior like there will be tryout China people. Mm-hmm. They were there. The ones that got signed. So Zaya Lee, uh, Big Boa, Rocky, and I think it's this three. Wait, I think there's a fourth guy. Uh, Ke- <sighs> shit. How did WWE? <laughs> how did WWE know to contact you? Oh, they actually kind of like did a bit of uh, they actually came to Singapore like back in uh, April or was it March? I think it was March. They did, like in that same year in March, they came down. So we had Crystal Downs and Riho with I think we have the Russian guy, uh, locomotive also. So mm-hmm. they kind of came down to Singapore, then they went to Thailand, 
then they went back to the WWE and they kind of let us know like you know so there's going to be a tryout in July and not all of you guys will be picked for it but for some of you that will be picked I will we'll kind of contact you guys and you know just make sure to sort out like the visas and all that stuff so we found out like I we found out a month before the tryout like in June like some of us Actually, I think some of us actually kind of knew from after the match, after the show. Mm-hmm. But we just didn't want to kind of confirm anything until we have the official notice from WWE. Did, didn't want to set yourself up for letdown, huh? Yeah, because it, it happens. Yeah. But it's funny because I, I found out from another wrestler. Like, who, I found out from Crystal, actually, uh, that I was part of the tryout instead of Andrew, who's my coach mm. and boss. Like, it's funny because I, I, yeah, it's, I'm supposed to find out from my boss first, not from my friend from overseas, you know? <laughs> Do you think being a woman was a bit of an advantage because there's so few in Southeast Asia? I'd say definitely help, for sure. I mean, uh, I do know some people are, like, kind of upset over the opportunities I've had over the years, like, with, the, with wrestling in so many different countries and all that, just because... There's not a lot of women in the industry, as in, in Southeast Asia. But it's, uh, at the same time, it's like we've really worked our ass off to kind of get to where we are. So it's kind of like a 50-50 thing, you know? Yeah, you, are, you earned it. Yeah, so, we've made our mark. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I do want to ask you about one more match that you had. Um, oh, yeah. You got to face Hana Kimura once. Yeah, I love her so much. She's amazing. I only knew her for like two and a half days. She's amazing. I miss her. So talk, tell us about those two and a half days because I, I don't really care about the match. I don't care about how wrestling was. <laughs> tell us tell us about your, your experiences with Hana Kimura. Oh, she is the absolute like, sweetest person in the world. Like, from the first time we met, like, she was a big star back then. Like, she, she did wrestle one. She was, she was so big. Like my, my friends in Singapore, when they found out about that match, they were like, so so jealous they were like oh my god you're gonna meet her and all that and i was like i guess she'd be cool <laughs> and when i met her she was really cool like we just she she just talked to me like as though like you know we were sisters and i kind of treated her like my little sister but she's actually as as my little sister <laughs> so it was it was really nice and it was like i recently kind of got together with my uh ex-girlfriend then for that trip it was like, I was just kind of telling her about my ex-girlfriend or that. And especially like how, you know, LGBT community in Asia is not really widely accepted. Like she was so accepting about it. She just loved the fact that, you know, we were we were all like being open and friendly. And when, when she met my ex-girlfriend too, she was just absolutely amazing. She, she tried her best to talk to my girlfriend with like you know whatever english that she could she helped me a lot in the match because i was in a match with three japanese and i couldn't speak a lick of japanese she made sure that i was okay like she made sure i was okay for that match that she really took care of me and like she came into that that uh that match too with so much more experience than i do so she was really really taking care of me like not just in terms of you know uh, making sure that I was okay in the match, like with like uh, the stuff that we were gonna do in the ring, 
just to make sure that I was like okay, like with all the nerves and all that. Mm. Like I just miss her so much. Like uh, even with our little back and forth uh, message on Instagram, like you could just see that she she just loves people. She's just ever so positive. She's always smiling. She always wants you to know that you know you matter. And I was like, I'm still such a small star, and like she just took that time to even like reach out to me and all that sometimes. So I think, yeah, I think she could have been the biggest star in the world. She would have like she, in in such a short time in her career, she has wrestled in two of the biggest venues in the world, like Madison Square Garden and Tokyo Dome, like. She could have done so so much more in her career if like it didn't this terrace house bullshit hasn't happened. It's like reading all this news about it, it's it sucks so much. You said you had experiences with bullying and stuff in the past too. I mean, could, I, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine being feeling helpless like she felt. I, I, I don't know. It's hard hard to think about. Guess- yeah, she, she must have felt a lot more hate. But she got like hundreds of messages like from haters on a daily basis. Like I'm fortunate enough I'm not at a level of fame to kind of get people's attention. But yeah, I, I just wish that, you know, more things have been set in place to protect people like her and others who have like come before her who have taken their lives the same way as she has just because she felt that there was no other way out. Terrible. Yeah. So um, let's kind of wrap it up here a little bit. Um, so uh, Alexis, what's where's your future? Where do you think? Where do you see yourself? Your future of in wrestling? I hope to move to somewhere in Europe, like wrestle in that part of the world. But so far, I've, I've wrestled in most of Asia. I just have Japan, China, and Korea, where I've hit up. Yeah, and I'll be like done with Asia, I could pick it off. So I, I'm hoping to move to Europe so I could wrestle more internationally, like within Europe and America and all that. I think you'd do great in, in England, like for Eve or somebody like that. I, I hope so. I don't know. I'm so stressed. <laughs> what I, I hope to see someday to is you and Crystal tag teaming against Mesa Ruga and Bailin Aki at Ichikaya Chocolate uh, Square. That would make my day. Damn, Aki. <laughs> he's the best he's the coolest guy he is he took care he took such great care of us when we were in india for the tv taping so good yeah. he took care he took care of me when i was in japan so i, could, I appreciate it too oh, jesus christ he takes care of everyone <laughs> he's taking care of himself <laughs> he's not taking care of me so go. <laughs> the best bros <laughs> i think i'm gonna have her on the podcast soon i'm hoping <laughs> We're working on that right now. Yes, you got it. So, Alexis, where can we where can we find you on social media? So I'm on Twitter under. Okay, I have no idea what's my Twitter handle. Alexis my... Lee X Y. Ah, uh, yeah, that. <laughs> I have no idea. All, all my social media have like different handles. <laughs> so my Twitter is Alexis Lee X Y, and my Instagram is Alexis underscore frigging underscore Lee. Alexis frigging Lee. Yeah, because I'm a Lee. I'm proud to be a Lee. Are there, are there many Lees? Are there many Lees in Singapore? There are. 
I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm making a joke. <laughs> no, there are, but like it's great because both my family are like my mom and my dad's side. Oh, so cool. I'm surrounded by Lee's. <laughs> and like, I think my Facebook page is Alexis Lee Dash Independent Wrestler. Just because. So you, you brought up something I wasn't going to ask you about, but I'm going to ask you about it now. I hope you don't mind. Uh, being part of the LGBTQ community in, in Asia. Oh, as... it was so scary. <laughs> like, uh, when I came out, I was so scared, actually. So were your parents more mad that you came out or were you a wrestler? <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's a but terrible I... question to ask. But <laughs> but I actually didn't really come out to my family. Mm. Like, I just posted photos of me and my girlfriend on, on Instagram. <laughs> and, I did it. and, like, that was, like, my my coming out, I guess. <laughs> like, my, my parents kind of, like, thought so that I have a girlfriend. Because <laughs> it, it is scary, like, uh, with Asian family. Like, it is scary to kind of, like, confirm such things. But, like, I, I guess they know now, like, after we broke up. I guess they know now that I was in a relationship with a woman, but um, how, yeah, how accepting right how accepting is it in Singapore? It depends. Like Asian culture, we we mostly sweep like you know uncomfortable things under the rug. Mm. So it's kind of like under the rug now. Like occasionally it gets brought up, and then we kind of like move on to the next uh, topic really quickly. Mm-hmm. It's a five second thing. It's like it comes out like okay, but okay, next thing. <laughs> so I don't really know how they feel about it, like fully feel I'd about it. Just rather not talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Just accept my, it and not talk family, about it. Yeah, but I guess my family's kind of cool, like since they don't kick me out of house or anything. <laughs> I mean, I still live with my with my parents, so <laughs> it does help, I guess. But like, uh, the the general public is rather accepting. I haven't had like any negative kind of reaction. I've actually got some people kind of like saying that are uh, just kind of coming up to me and saying that, you know, it's so amazing that you, that I came out uh, to be an inspiration to some of these uh, people who kind of like stalk me on my social media and find out that I'm bi, I guess. <laughs> so it, it does help, like, you know, with the whole changing the world thing. Yeah, you, you've, you're accomplishing your goals. I mean, what you talked about at the start today is that, bit. you know. Yeah, you, but you have. I mean, I'm sure you've got more goals you want to complete, but you, you've you've done so much. You're you're a trailblazer. I mean, you are, and you should yeah. be proud of your you should be proud of yourself. I'm lucky. I got such a great platform. You you create your own platform. You I don't think you're lucky. I think you worked hard and earned it. Also luck, in a way. <laughs> You, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm a believer. You create your own luck. You, you know, nothing is lucky. You, you've, you have to be in a, you get to put yourself in a certain situation for that to happen. So. I hope so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm going really to really end this interview arguing with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll let, we'll let the people decide if it was luck or not. We'll do a poll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they're going to agree on that. They're going to agree on it. I got lucky. No, I, how many other talented women that doesn't get this kind of platform? You you put yourself in position. Or I'm gonna dis, I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna agree to disagree. Because <laughs> yeah, you put yourself in position to do it. We're gonna put a pull out there. <laughs>
All right, Alexis, I, I we've talked for over an hour and I really appreciate your time. And again, I think you're a trailblazer. I think, you know, when they start talking about, you know, people in Southeast Asian wrestling, um, I think you're going to go down to the record books as, as one of the trailblazers, as one of the people that uh, established the scene. Um, and uh, again, very thankful to have you on the show. You're a, you're a, you're a, like I said, you're a trailblazer. You, you spoke out the speaking out movement. You, you know, you, you've an LGBTQ member, you know, just uh, the courage to be a wrestler in a country where female wrestling is, is not the norm. You know, I, I think you, you should be real proud of yourself and, and, uh, and I think people should pay more attention to you. I'm just going to say it's luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alexis. Really, thank you for it. Thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, when I'm in Singapore, I will hit you up and we'll uh, we'll go have a couple of – you'll get some durian and some beers or something. Yes. We're, gonna, we're not going to mix those, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have durian. And we're going to have beers and margaritas and um, shots, I guess. You'll, you'll have to show me, you have to show me, and, and I'll bring the bubble gum, you bring the shots, and we'll be good to go. Yeah, we're going to mix this shit up together. <laughs> Some bubble gum <laughs> shots, yeah. Yeah, and pouring the shots. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a next, like, Twitter thing. <laughs> bubble gum shot, yeah. yeah. I hope All to right. see you soon in Singapore. Well, resumes like finally or ho- hopefully we'll meet in japan and i can watch you wrestle in japan too hopefully who knows where i'll be in japan. Come, to, come to california come wrestle out here i can get you booked on shows so i do want to do america again i need to sort out my my driving license first i don't have a driving license so i need a driving license before i do an actual tour in america because i can't drive for shit what side of the road they drive on in singapore um, left side, is it? Wait, let me check. Yeah, left side. So it's like Japan. Yeah. It would be screwed in America because it's the other side. I guess I'll be cool. I'm ambidextrous, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm afraid to drive over there in Japan and stuff because I'm like, I'll, I'll run into somebody. <laughs> really? I don't know. But I, I, I would love to drive overseas if I could get my driving license first. <laughs> So far, the only driving I've done is like Mario Kart. So that's not helpful. <laughs> yeah, you can't hit things and, and get mushrooms and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't throw bananas at people. <laughs> <laughs> I will get caught by the police. <laughs> Alexis, thank you again so much for being on the show. I think we've talked about everything you could talk about, so I, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi.